0: Hey, everybody, Dr. Axe here. Welcome to the show. This week, I have a guest I'm really excited to talk to. to. It is Valerie Adjiman, and she is a women's health dietitian. She's the founder of Flourish Heights. And through her platform, she really helps empower women to take control of their health. And she, she has a lot of great stuff. You know, I spent some time going through. And looking for some of the best experts in the country when it comes to nutrition and diet, and you know, came across Valerie and was just so impressed with what she's doing. Now, Valerie has written for many magazines, everything from Reader's Digest, Women's Health Magazine, Southern Living. She's been shown on local networks such as the ABC's Good Morning Show and others, and so and uh, you know, and today we're going to talk a lot about nutrition, hormonal health for women, and so much more. I want to say valerie hey welcome to the show
1: thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here
0: awesome well same here well you know i know we've got a lot to cover today and one of the things again i was so impressed about with is looking at you know what you teach your clients the thing is that i've also noticed noticed is you sort of keep it simple you talk about diet you talk about things like nutrition supplements lifestyle and also i've seen you talk about spiritual health which i love i think that's so important to our overall health, but I'd love to start off. What sort of brought you into the field of nutrition? Um, and I know even before you know we jumped on the line, we talked a little bit about sort of your family background, and I'm curious if is that you know you talked about being originally or your parents from Ghana. Like you know how did how does some of this play into or what led you into the the health field?
1: Yeah, so um, you know I, growing up and like you said, I, I think there's just so much I've been through um, in my <laughs> 27 years of living that have led to me to, um, you know, pursuing nutrition and has kept me on this path from my unhealthy relationship with food and my body in my teenage years, um, to, you know, understanding my family history of chronic illness. I mean, there's diabetes that runs in my family and heart disease. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, use nutrition to be a leader in my community. I learned about the power, of nutrition and wellness at a young age for disease prevention and, you know, management. Um, and, you know, I love what I'm doing right now within my my community.
0: I love it. You know, I think one, one of the things that I, uh, you know, I'd love to touch on just to start as you talked about some of the eating, you know uh, you know, some of the eating challenges you had when you're younger. Talk to us about that and how did you over, what exactly was that you were struggling with or as much as you want to share there? And then mm-hmm. how did you overcome uh, those challenges.
1: Yeah, and so I, I did mention briefly uh, my unhealthy relationship with food and my body. Um, you know, I grew up in an environment where I was surrounded by you know my peers who appeared to be super thin. Um, I wasn't, you know, a thin frame kind of girl. I was, you know, had hips and curves, and you know, at a young age. And I remember when I was eight years old, I stepped on a, I went to the doctor's office and I stepped on the scale and told me I was obese. So growing up, I always thought there was something wrong with me and my my body. It just, you know, I was not healthy or, you know, whatever the case was, because that's what a doctor told me. I thought I was fine before that, you know, I went to the doctor and they told me that. And so um, growing up, I just, I just had it in the back of my mind that, oh my goodness, like you know, something's wrong with me. I need to do something about it. And that's kind of what sparked this unhealthy relationship with food and my body. I was eating um, not as much as I should have been. Um, I, you know, kind of struggled with body image. I wanted to look like everyone else around me. Um, and my, you know, my peers were, you know, thin and Caucasian girls in my community. Um, and I was usually like the odd one out, um, being the only black girl. And so, black girl with big boobs, big butt, big curves, whatever. And then everybody else, you know, looking, um, just nice and thin and I just wanted to fit in. And so, um, you know, that's kind of what I I thought I, you know, knew at a young age and, you know, um, I think what helped me heal is just, you know, learning more about nutrition. And there was somebody that came up to me one day actually, and she, um, kind of told me, you know, you are beautiful. Like you're, you're, you know, your, your curves are great. Like own your curves. There'll be, you know, women out here want to, you know, look like this, be content with who you are. And I remember um, being in my teenage years and thinking and, you know, about what she had said to me. And it, it really just kind of was the start of this foundation to me learning more about you know, nutrition and wellness, I researched it. And then I got into, you know, learning about how, you know, diet and wellness your lifestyle change, changes that you can make can impact your overall health. And um, even to the point of lowering your risk for many of these, you know, chronic illnesses out there. And then when I looked at my family history, and all of the, you know, you know diet related illnesses that, you know, kind of run in my family, I, I, I did not, I don't want to be the one to continue. On that path, you know, I, I didn't want to um, let it become this sort of cycle. So I felt like, you know, this was my calling. Like there was a lot of work that um, needed to be done. And you know, growing up and getting into um, high school, I would say around like the age of sixteen, going into college, I never knew a dietitian was even a thing. But I just was always drawn to nutrition and you know, wellness. I loved helping people, and I you know, I loved the science and it's it's just funny how life works. You know, you you kind of end up doing what you were called to do and that's typically what I what I do now, just educating and, and you know, empowering women um, in their health and in their wellness to prioritize it.
0: I love it. It's great. You know, again, one of the things I was so impressed with as I was uh, reading all the things that you've done and accomplished in really such a short time. Obviously, you're, you know, could be seen as fairly young. I remember when I first opened my functional medicine clinic many years ago when I was practicing And, uh, and being, you know, 27 years old and, uh, you know, but at the same time being in the field of nutrition for much longer than that, you know, I started studying nutrition 10 years prior about, or about when I was 18 and Mm -hmm. studied it for almost 10 years. And so, um, you know, one of, one of the things I would, I'm curious about is, you know, I was reading online about, uh, some of your protocols and what you do with clients today, and, and one of these, and, and we're going to jump more into, and I'm excited to talk about more of your dietary and nutrition recommendations, but I had read you had this thing down and it was called five ways to persevere when faced with health challenges. Can you go through five of those steps or some of them and how people that are facing health challenges can overcome this? Because I think sometimes it's more than just eat this food or don't eat this. Oh, sometimes yeah. there's more of a mental aspect. So can you talk about uh, you know, what you recommend for your clients there?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it is tough, especially, you know, and you as a doctor, I mean, you you see this all the time, right? You know, when somebody's diagnosed with some kind of health challenge, and you know, you kind of see what they go through, it's, it's hard, it's difficult, you know, you're living your life best, you're living your best life, let me add that. And then all of a sudden, you know, like, in just a day or whatever the case is, you get hit with this. And it's like, what do I do now? Right. And so dealing, you know, with, the emotions, it's not easy at first, you know, when you're diagnosed with something like, um, and you know, because I'm a woman health woman's health dietitian, I focus on reproductive health issues, um, you know, from fibroids to PCOS and endometriosis, when you're diagnosed with those kinds of things it can be difficult to kind of identify and like honor those feelings, you know, and, you know, most women feel so overwhelmed because this is a time where, you know, um, maybe there's some drastic changes that you need to make in both your diet and your lifestyle as a whole and you know it can lead you to even feeling um more stressed a combination of um you know these emotions can even lead you to you know battling uh, emotional eating which can lead to weight gain weight loss loss of appetite and the list goes on even disordered eating and um, you know and that's a really big one that a lot of women face and sometimes you know, it's, it's pretty silent. Um, so I, I think that, you know, going through these motions are very common and it's super normal because we're human beings. Right. And so, but I just want to empower somebody today and our listeners that, you know, be kind to yourself, you know, tune into your body, pay attention to what you're feeling, um, spend time with the people who are, you know, positive and uplifting. And also, um, I think that can help with just your confidence, you know, or around the time that you know you're you're going through these sort of emotions. And I have I have a few tips, and um, if you wanted to go into those, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So when it comes to kind of um, you know what to do after you're diagnosed with you know something like a reproductive health issue, or whatever health challenge that you're currently currently facing, um, I believe the first thing that you need to do is kind of like Release, right? Whatever it is that you're feeling, and then accept. And so during this time, recentering is super important. Like, what is on your mind? How do you feel? You know, it is okay to go through the emotions, and that's what I want people to know. Um, but I think it's finding out how can you release. Um, a wellness tip, and I, I absolutely love doing this. Just you know, on my own, is journaling. I love journal, journaling and, um, you know, as a believer, I think another thing is, you know, praying to God, um, you know, I think, you know, whatever your spiritual kind of, uh, you know, uh, faith is or practices are, you know, taking time to get in tune with your spiritual spirituality, you know, um, venting to a loved one, crying, whatever it is, you know, release those emotions, especially after being faced with, um, a health challenge. Um, and I think acceptance really is, you know, the beginning of persevering on your health and wellness journey. And I, I would love to just quote this verse, because it's really helped me so much. Um, and just, you know, other challenges that I face in my life, um, Philippians 4, 6 to 7, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And I think it's it's just finding out what kind of puts you at ease and kind of, um, helps you to, you know, calm and, and work your way towards, um, acceptance.
0: I I love it. So step number one, we have to, again, yeah, being in denial. And again, I know that uh, obviously there's some things that are really hard. Like I know when my mom was diagnosed with cancer at first, there was this sort of like, you go through this short period of time where it's, or for some people it can be longer, but it's like, there's this denial that you have it. But the first thing, it's so good you're saying this, it's accepting and saying, okay, this is reality. And, but then releasing it, you know, and I think not allowing that to become your identity, which I think is so good in what you're saying. And so what, after that, once somebody says, okay, I realize I have this diagnosis, I'm not gonna let it define me. What do we do after that? It's
1: gonna vary for everybody, right? And I just wanna point that out there. It's gonna vary for everyone. But I think um, another way to kind of move past that or move you know, towards healing or whatever that looks like to you is to gain and maintain optimism. So not mm. to gain the optimism, but to find practical ways that are going to work for you on how you can maintain. So speaking positivity over your life. And you know, we can talk about ways to be positive. It's going to be different for everyone. But um, I think it's so important to have a support group. And whether it's your family or a friend, someone that can speak positivity, positivity in your life, um, and you want to avoid being around negative, negative nancies, okay, because they're going to bring you down and, you know, I mean, what, help or what good would that do, you know, if you're trying to just have this mind that's just clear and it's just positive. You know, um, practicing gratitude. I think in the midst of the storm, right, there's always good things to look at. You know, talk about the things that you're grateful for. Write it down. You know, talk about it with your friends and your, your family, your loved ones. Um, just to capture the thankfulness that you feel um, on a daily basis. This is an everyday thing. Like I said, maintaining optimism, not just identifying it, but like, you know what are you going to do every single day to make sure it's it's continuous and sort of to train your mind. You know, there's negative thoughts that we all go through. Let's be real, right? And so, if you can find a way to just replace it with a positive one, I think that um, you know, over time it's like your brain just automatically turns every negative thing to a positive thing. And I mean, it's you know easier said than done, but I I, I do believe that when you speak positivity over your life. It really makes all the difference. So I would say that's the second thing.
0: I love it. It's so good. You know, it reminds me of this, Valerie, when I ran when I my clinic and even still today, if I, if I uh, am having a conversation with somebody about their health and giving some advice, I can almost tell immediately if they're gonna get well or not. Now, I'm not saying it's every time, but I'm saying, because here's what happens. It's so much has to do with exactly what you're saying and what you're the advice you're giving. It's this mindset. When I had patients come in and, like, I'll give you an example. I would say, hey, let's change your breakfast. You're eating the cereal or the bagel and cream cheese or whatever for breakfast. I want you to start doing this superfood smoothie with some coconut milk, some berries, some collagen. I got one of two responses. One was, Dr. Axe, that sounds fantastic hey, this smoothie, man, this tastes like a strawberry milkshake. This is great. Like, I'm excited to do this. And and even telling them, hey, you're going to get well, they would believe it and say, I am going to beat my diabetes. I am going to get well. And then there was another group of people that would say, oh, like, I can't have my, you know, my, my conventional milk and my, you know, GMO corn and what like like. And like literally obsessing about all the things they couldn't have. Focusing on the negative, those people had a very hard time getting well. So anyways, I just wanted to speak to that. It's such a good point because I mean, that mindset is maybe the biggest, it's, it's one of the biggest things in people healing. So anyways, I love, love your point there.
1: So important. It's so, so important to reframe your thinking and it really does make all the difference. Um, So the third thing I would say is, you know, set realistic health goals and not only set it, but intend to achieve them right? And to be consistent. So, you know, if you need to see a therapist, that's like a, you know, huge thing. And to kind of attend to your emotional and mental health and mental wellness, um, you know, whether it's seeing a dietitian to help you with uh, your eating planner, you know, to um, guide you and help you to reach your goals. What steps are you going to take to achieve these goals that you have? And, and, it, you know, it's already hard enough to have to deal with the diagnosis. And now, you know, sometimes it's these huge drastic lifestyle changes that need to happen, but, you know, don't try not to be too overwhelmed, like make small realistic goals. Um, don't compare yourself to others. Don't be so quick to jump on the next diet you see just because, you know, everyone else is out there. Keep up with your doctor checkup. So whatever it is that you need to do to kind of, you know, pick yourself back up and say, okay, like I, have you know, went through this. I've I've accepted this. I'm ready to work on these goals, these realistic goals. I think you know now it's the time to do that because you have to be ready, right? If you're not ready and you're still dealing with emotions and all that, I mean, it's going to be so frustrating. It's going to be so overwhelming. So I think take a step back, take a couple steps back because. Um, you know, wellness is a journey. It's not a quick fix. So, you know, you can definitely take a pause, right. And then find out where you're going next. And if you need guidance, seek some help.
0: I think mean, it's great advice. Again, have goals and then have a, you know, whether it's a doctor or a dietitian or someone who's knowledgeable, you know, helping you along the way, I think that's so important. You've mentioned community so many times too. And I agree with you. Having the right people around you, like my biggest life lesson, if someone were to ask me, is you become who you surround yourself with. So I agree. Like if you have people in your life that are not encouraging, get around those encouraging, life-giving people is a big deal too. But I love that that setting healthy, realistic goals and and uh, and resetting those goals uh, along the way. Hey guys, a lot of people ask me what supplements I take regularly, and one of the top three products I take every single day is SBO Probiotics from Ancient Nutrition. It's the whole food supplement brand I co-founded with Jordan Rubin. Now I talk about my passion for SBOs, also known as soil-based organisms frequently in general, SBO probiotics are so important because they are shelf-stable probiotics. They're naturally resistant to the harsh environment of our upper digestive tract and our stomach. Now, Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics support a healthy digestive system and your immune system. The women's also has clinically studied ashwagandha, which provides support for healthy energy, reduced fatigue, and more. Plus, we add superfoods and herbs for an extra boost. And by the way, that's key. The herbs with the probiotics together, that's the ancient way to create a healthy gut and digestive system. Check out Ancient Nutrition's SBO Probiotics online or in store today. So what's tip number four uh, that you have for us?
1: Yeah. Tip number four is really just, you know, this is where that the whole like holistic wellness part comes in, like caring for your mind, your body, your emotions, you know, whatever it is, Um, you know, being still and taking it easy, you know, tuning into your body. I know we hear that all the time. Listen to your body, tuning into your body. What does that really mean? It's, you know, um, for example, you know, doing a body scan, you know, getting familiar with your body, you know, something feeling abnormal. Are you in pain? Um, How are you feeling? Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? You know, those are some of the things that you can do. You know, questions that you can ask yourself. And it's the everyday effort. Like I said earlier, you know, your your wellness is a journey. Um, It's your unique journey, and there's certainly not a race. Um, So it's super important to be intentional and to find out ways you can, um, you know, prioritize it by checking in with yourself having a self-care routine because you matter um, and whatever that looks like to you. So, you know, taking it from a holistic standpoint and now trying to put the pieces to the, the puzzle, because we can talk about nutrition, that's fine, but your your mental wellness is connected to your nutrition. Your emotional wellness is connected to your nutrition. I mean, your financial wellness is also connected. So. Yeah. You know, we need everything um, all at once. So, you know, really try to, you know, tune into your body and find out how you can contribute towards your overall wellness.
0: I love it. So again, here it's listen to your body is step number one and then create a really Good self-care routine along with that. Uh, That's fantastic, those healthy habits. What's number five thing that people should really be thinking about when it comes to how to overcome health challenges?
1: Acknowledge your accomplishments, um, big or small. Um, Even the smallest ones are amazing, you know, whatever that looks like to you. It's so important because you have to celebrate your wins. I mean, you are going through so much. You are doing a great job it's not easy, but just waking up and, you know, taking on the day is, you know, it's amazing. Like you, you did that. And so take time to acknowledge your successes. for example, whether your, um, your labs came back in a normal range, you know, you are working on your iron levels, whatever, through your diet or whatever the case was. Um, and now it's back in the normal range. Hey, like it's, you know, like that's a party. Um, And, you know, or your blood sugars, maybe your A1C was really high. And, you know, you wanted to work towards lowering it. Um, That's amazing because that's really hard to do sometimes. And, you know, or, you know, you found a way to manage your stress levels. I mean, I can definitely work on that right now. Um, Or getting more hours of sleep. Like shout out to the moms out there and the dads. Oh, man. To, to you know, get their their sleep in as difficult as it is, um, or you know, even when it comes to body image, you know, postpartum bodies, um, you know, sometimes it's it's like whether you try a new strategy to find out ways you can accept and love your your new self um, after your baby, you know, reframing your thinking and looking at how you were able to grow this baby, you know, in your womb for however many months, and you through life. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so my point is, you know, really take time to celebrate whatever it is that you, um, you know, succeeded at and keep going. It never stops. I think it's great because it also motivates you to keep going. And, and that's what we want to do. We want to keep going. We don't want to just stop where we are.
0: I love it so good. This mindset of growth and continuing, and, and that's what you know. I love too about your brand is this uh, flourish heights. By the way, if anybody wants to check out, I encourage everybody run out and check out Valerie's website. It is flourishheights.com. dot F l o u r i s h heights H-E-I-G-H-T-S, uh, flourish like flourishing plants and heights as in height. So flourish heights com you can also check her out on Instagram. these are some great tips. I had a few more questions for you you know one of the things I wanted I wanted to ask you about uh, I know we were talking about earlier about your ethnicity and some of your relatives and family coming from Ghana and I know you're a uh, brilliant as I'm learning uh, African American woman. You know the black population, especially women as we're discussing, suffers more from certain health conditions compared mm-hmm. to other women. you know what advice do you have also specifically for, African American women, because I know the rates, especially of diabetes and heart disease, are absolutely higher. Are there any specific tips you have for uh, you know for for for, for women, um, for Black women, in, in terms of how they need to take care of their health?
1: Yes, and you know, before I get into that, there really is a story of why I even wanted to focus a lot of my wellness and you know my education to women, but particularly women of color. You know, I've been in this field for about eight years, um, and I've been a dietitian for about four. And every single day, I just become more and more passionate with helping women and women of color take charge of their health because it's so needed. And when you look at the internet, as you know, there's so much misinformation when it comes to nutrition. And at times, I feel as though mainstream media wellness is just not as diverse or even inclusive of other Complexions, um, hair textures, and even body sizes, and so this is what pushed me and motivated me to create this space, women's, um, you know, this women's health platform, Flourish Heights, um, because women of color we are just aren't well represented, and. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's just so important to just have this safe space to, you know, for women of color to feel like they can flourish in their wellness, even when health challenges come their way, right? Like we just talked about. And so I've dedicated my career to just educating and empowering women to be advocates for themselves. Um, and so like you had mentioned, a lot of, um, you know, Black women are more likely to suffer from reproductive health challenges like infertility fibroids. I mean, it's huge, you know, um, right now in the limelight, um, heart disease and and many more, like you had also mentioned, um, the heart disease and and the diabetes and, you know, there's so many factors as to why this is the case. And some of it, honestly, it's just, you know, racism and the healthcare system, things like that, social determinants of health, you know, when it comes to access, um, to safe and affordable housing, healthcare, access to affordable, nutritious food, the list goes on. But I think it's just so important for women of color, black women to be their own advocates. And and I talk a lot about that, you know, in my platform, we host women's health um, conferences and workshops. And we collaborate with other health professionals that focus on various areas. Like back in March, we hosted our third annual bloom where we just It was kind of like our launch to, you know, focusing more on reproductive health issues because I saw that there was a gap from, you know, just being more educated about these kinds of things. It's so important for Black women to know so we can know how we can um, navigate through the healthcare system. We can know, you know, what to do to, um, you know, maybe prevent some of these things. How do we get from, you know, where we are right now to where we need to be? And there's just a lot of... um, Miseducation out there and and i just want to just empower women inspire them to you know get up and research do the research that they need to do um, you know seek help and and also you know continue to stay educated and advocate for yourself because your your wellness really really matters and so um through the constant education that we do and like i said collaborating with other health professionals of color we really are just inspiring a healthier and healthier community.
0: I love it, Valerie. It's great advice, and I think just to, just on a few things you mentioned. You know, I think of when, when I when I started studying this and looking at what, what's what what's the relationship between a lot of these conditions. One of the big things, as you know, is it's this insulin issue. It's insulin balance. If you look at fibroids, PCOS, diabetes, of course, and heart disease, there's an issue with blood sugar, right? Blood sugar is such a big deal, and I think that's one of the things that that, you know, as we're talking about this is that I I think that a lot of times that there hasn't been the right access, as you're saying, to the education. And that's one of the things I respect about you so much is like, you're going out there to an area and a group of people that haven't had the access as other people have. And I don't think that's been fair. And so anyways, I just want to say, I think that that access is so important that, that you're able to get out there and do. And so I love that. And the other thing is, again, it's this issue with blood sugar, which is a really big deal. And I can tell you from now I might, I practice in the South and this is just worse than the South in general, but there's a lot of sugar and carbohydrates, you know, that are being consumed. And I think that's something as well that creates a problem. Let me ask you this as you've worked with people, I mean, would, would you, I mean, and you don't have to agree with it, but would you say that you kind of see that also as being a big problem, this overconsumption of sugar and carbohydrates being a big thing. That's also from an actual dietary standpoint, contributing to a lot of these conditions.
1: I mean, I do feel as though, you know, your modern Western diet is very packed with your, you know, refined carbs and all those sorts of things. And, you know, sometimes um, it's maybe more consumed compared to, you know, other healthier options. But, you know, I I do feel like there's just so many variables. I mean, there's so many variables, so many factors and you know research now is looking a lot at if we want to you know be more specific and focus on a specific area of, uh, for example, like maternal mortality racism is is one that is showing up in these these research studies um, sure. at, at times, um, cultural competence you know is is not really um, as you know, a lot of health practitioners aren't really trained in it, and that's affecting health outcomes i mean I think There's just so many ways that so many angles we can we can go, you know, it's it's just a very it's a very broad kind of thing. And I feel like there's a lot of work that can be done in in each of those those variables, um, you know, and I I do believe that educating, um, advocating and continuing to provide these sort of safe spaces are important to sort of see change with, with health and lifestyle and diet and, you know, everything else that's related to that.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all of those points. Um, absolutely. So let's dive a little bit into diet here. Uh, I know you you being trained as a, as a dietitian. So let's talk about that a little bit when you have clients come in, um, what are some of the biggest things you do diet wise? What are some of the biggest things that you say we've got to cut these out of your diet, and we have to and we should add these food foods back in? Generally speaking,
1: yeah. And so I'm really excited because in the fall I will be opening my virtual online counseling. Well, I'll be you know working with women with fibroids and PCOS and endometriosis, um, body image, those kinds of topics. But you know, in my um, previous role, I was you know kind of coaching women and Um, a lot of the times, you know, you know, nutrition really is a super complex, uh, kind of thing. And, um, you know, my approach really is it's, it's not a one size fits all. It looks different on everybody. But I say that sort of like the same messaging that does come up is, is just, you know, eating more, you know, plant-based foods, um, whole grains fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, um, beans, whatever, you know, those kinds of foods, because they're just so nutritious and so much, you know, so many research studies um, are looking at, you know, the power of the nutrients that are in these kinds of foods, how it can ward off some of these um, health conditions and, you know, lower your risk for things like certain cancers and you know, you eat colorful, it's filled with antioxidants, and those antioxidants are going to help eliminate those free radicals from your body. And if we're talking about reproductive health issues, you know, sometimes we're recommending, you know, these specific foods, because it's going to help eliminate excess estrogen out of your body, or it's going to help you to, you know, balance your hormones more. And so the list really goes on. But I think um, some of the common sort of things that's, you know, um, eating more plant based, it's, and, and, you know, doing what works for you, um, eating more plant-based, um, you know, eating more fish. I also do work for um, a, a nonprofit organization helping Americans to eat more seafood as a part of a healthy diet. And so, you know, Americans just eating enough, you know, for the dietary guidelines for Americans. And so, you know, um, incorporating more fish into your diet. I mean, it's super nutritious, you know, as well as lean protein. Yeah. It's, it, I think the, the issue there too is people just don't know how to, you know, cook with it or they don't know how to select it, prepare it. And so it's really just, you know, talking about simple things that people can do to kind of lead a healthier lifestyle and, and, and as it relates to diet. And I think, um, you know, we, we overcomplicate it when it really is to be, you know, super simplified. And, and that's what I love doing as a dietitian too, because I get to use my platform and my voice to just show people that, you know, healthy living and healthy eating is is doable with, with what you're already doing. It's like, keep doing what you're doing, right? But, you know, make small changes here and there in your diet and, and then work from there. It's not, um, you don't have to do this drastic, like, you know, super big change. Um, it's just like, you know, take it pretty small and, and you'll get there.
0: I love it. It's great advice. And one of the things I uh, you know that that I remember when I first started changing my diet, I just changed breakfast, and I could already tell just by changing one meal a day, I mean, I got so much healthier, and I've recommended people do the same, so it's great and And by the way, I think you know it's great advice is like this we need more plants, especially as we're talking about the vegetables you mentioned, the fruits you mentioned, and things like wild caught fish with those omega threes. So anyways, I love that. Um, yeah, love omega
1: threes. <laughs>
0: it's great advice. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Hey, I want to encourage everybody again, check out Valerie's website. It's flourishheights.com. Um, and, uh, also her Instagram, you can just look up flourish heights there on Instagram as well. And I want to say, Valerie, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom today. By the way, I mean, I loved your five steps to overcome health challenges because we know that, you know, overcoming health challenges, it's, it's, Part of it is changing your diet, but it really starts with this whole mindset. And I loved uh, you know, you, you quoting the, uh, the, the, the scripture there as well. I think it was uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which anyways is one of my favorite verses as well. And I also appreciate you just being out there again, just uh, being a positive light in the world. So I want to say, um, hey, thanks so much for coming on the, uh, the, the show today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. This was awesome. I love all the work that you're doing, so I'm excited to continue to follow.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. Well, thanks so much, Valerie, for coming on today. And hey, thanks everybody for listening. I'll be back next week with another podcast. Uh, We'll be back here again very soon. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Is there a specific question or health topic you want me to cover? Hey, I would love to hear from you. Do this for me. Record a voice memo with your question and head over to draxe.com forward slash podcast to upload the recording and I'll select several to answer live on the show. And if you're loving this podcast, head over to Apple Podcast to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.